Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So today my guest is Arkui. He's a humanistic brand strategist and the founder of Iaculus, a consultancy that helps entrepreneurs express their authentic brand to their right audience. Hi, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you for making the time. Thank you, Tatiana, for reaching out for this collaboration. It was really amazing when I heard about you guys, and I'm just excited to be on this podcast and provide as much value as I can to your audience and to anybody who's... Wonderful. Let's start with some background. Tell me a little bit about yourself and what led you to to founding your own business. Well, honestly, I'm someone who gets bored very quickly, and I have ADHD, and I feel like that might be a cause of it. But I'm someone who has a lot of potential that I recognize within myself and I want to make sure I can tap into it and create something else. So I started freelancing right in the middle of high school. I think I was about 12, 13. I decided that, you know what, I don't want to do a job. I want to start doing something while I am in school. So I started freelancing. I started as a graphic designer and started, uh, you know, just working on logos and posters and slowly that unraveled through a lot of, you know, ups and downs and weird unexpected relationships that came into play that one day I was at a game design championship and my institute had, you know, decided to, you know, register me for a graphic design championship as well, which they forgot to tell me like 20, until 20 <laughs> minutes ago. And yeah, so I used to do game designing as well. So they were just like, yeah, let us just, you know, drop this on him as well. So I was like, okay, what is the topic? And they told me that it's about Save Girl Trial. And since that a topic, that's a topic that's very close to me and I can really speak about it and express it, I ended up creating a post to one second prize in 20 minutes. And even though wow. I'm not one for prizes, I, I feel like, you know, I really did create a huge impact with the post too. And that's when I realized that instead of just creating posters and art, I want to rather work with companies who really want to bring a huge impact in the world. And so that's where I decided that, you know, I've been freelancing for a while. I'm in the last years of my high school. And after this, I want to, I already have enough experience. So I was offered a few scholarships, but I decided that I already know most of these things. So instead of taking on the scholarships, the day I wrote my final exams in high school, I came home and studied more than I actually studied for high school and like <laughs> prepared for branding and, you know, started learning things, implementing the tactics, learned with people, collaborated with them. I'm someone who doesn't believe in textbook methods, but rather experimenting and learning stuff. And Slowly, I found myself not just designing brands, but consulting people and helping them strategize their brands. And this actually happened due to a good friend of mine called Chris Doe, because he told me that the way I work is unlike instead of just seeing orders, I'm, what I'm doing is actually I'm collaborating and helping them discover things and I tap into emotions. And that helped mm. me realize that I always have been doing that. I'm not just an order taker, but rather I collaborate mm. with people and I help them discover things on a deeper level. And that's how I came across to be known as the humanistic brand strategist because my brand strategy approaches are unlike, you know, depending on frameworks, rather more psychological, collaborative storytelling. And within three to four hours, we come up with an amazing strategy that helps them create breakthroughs in both their personal brand approach and as well as the clarity they had till now. And yeah, so that's how we started. Mm. And 
I've been running my agency for nearly three years. And in the meantime, I coach creative professionals in the business of freelancing and design and do a lot of other things such as animal welfare, dog rescuing, running and speaking on communities and podcasts and events. Wow, well, that's, that's that was cool. a long one. <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's, well, it's going to be useful for, for me to um, continue with other, other questions like I've, I've, I've already have some in mind. Before I jump into those, tell me a little bit about the name of your agency. It's quite an interesting name. What's the story behind that? So my agency is called Achilles and Achilles is Latin for snake. And while mm. I am a Slytherin, that wasn't all really the reason for it, but <laughs> rather that one, I wanted to make a dent and wanted to create a different approach to looking at things, which is what I've always done. I'm known as the thought disruptor and I wanted to do that. And snakes, while... A lot of people look at it from a negative point of view. The way I see it, they are easily able to slither through problems and reach their goals regardless of the obstacles. And I wanted to do that for my clients. Wherever they were stuck, I'd be the one person they would count on. They would come and I'd slither them away from their problems and create <laughs> opportunities for them to succeed. And hence we went with Achilles, which is snake in Latin. Hmm. That's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's very cool. And I mean, that's true that snakes have that bad reputation, but also when you think about it, like the pharmacists, for example, have snake and it's very, yeah. a lot of medical related. So it is also a symbol of, of um, I guess, knowledge. And yes. yeah, so it works in that way as well. Very cool. Yeah. So you said, yeah, you mentioned, um, you you help people not just you know like like you said order taking you 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 help with strategy as well tell me a little bit more about that how does the process go um, what type of person or company um, is the right one to come to you for help so while we used to only work with hotels and restaurants of los angeles and london and when we were working with them the news was because we could easily vibe I'm a foodie, I love food, and it's easy to collaborate with people that you really align with. And I feel mm. like working with the people you vibe with is the best way to grow your business, help them grow theirs, and just build a relationship going forward. But after the pandemic, we did a lot of pro bono work. But after that, I decided that instead of just limiting myself being niched down to an industry, I wanted to be niched down to a mindset. And now mm. we work with forward-thinking entrepreneurs who are growth-oriented. So anybody who doesn't want to just be limited, but rather grow, embrace whatever is happening around them and be able to change and thrive in this environment. We work with them and even with them deal, uh, because now it's easier to work with these people and we have a similar mindset and it's easier to collaborate on that level. So we are now mm. rather than being niched onto an industry, we are niched onto a mindset and we have clients from different industries, different backgrounds. But anybody who is a great friendly person who wants to create an impact and who really cares about the audience and wants to, who is forward thinking and growth oriented, who doesn't want to settle in the dust, but rather still keep growing as and when they can. Now, mm. as per my approach, here's what I've always been told, uh, telling my clients. They come to me, let that be a Zoom meeting or an in-person one if they decide to fly me out. And I get to a room and I tell them, sit down, I'm going to sit on the other end. Imagine this to be a therapy session, meet a therapist, you the parents, and we are all sociopaths now. And your brand is a talent. We're just going to figure out everything that we want it to be. And we're going to force it upon it. I make it very fun. I like to break eyes. I like to discover them way before the discovery meeting. I like to build rapu. And I ask them questions unlike, rather than depending on business jargon. I ask them things that, you know, when we used to work with hotels and restaurants, I would ask bakers that, 
what is your ideal interaction that you have dreamt of once your hotel or bakery is successful and they would tell me that mm. a woman walks in with a dog and they see the uh, bakery has been newly opened they come say hello we say hello we have a good talk we love their dog and then we give it a pop cup and you know they we become we build a relationship and then they keep coming again and again and when they tell mm. me these stories i break them down and then i help them identify the kind of people they want to align with the kind of people they want to market and the culture mm. they want because at a deeper level everybody is aware of what they want it's just that the awareness is hidden or not it been aware to them so i just help them discover those things through storytelling asking them things that are not confusing but rather mm. more fun and then we you know go a bit of back and forth in the strategic part and then once all the storytelling is done within 4 to 5 hours of great conversation which is what they think most of the time is happening Uh, within two three days, I send them a proper roadmap where the markers, the incidents that did take place, I highlight them as well, and I tell them this is what caused this, and this is why we are going forward with this, and what do you think? And most of the time, they're extremely aligned and they love what has happened. Mm. And I think that's very important to, and and you kind of mentioned it now twice on different level. One was when you were describing the type of people you work with, and then you kind of do the same. You help. um your clients uh discover the, their ideal customers which i think think is very important nowadays especially with technology and with social media uh it, it's such a i see that very often where where entrepreneurs so and subsequently obviously their business their brand is trying to please everyone trying to be everywhere and be everything for everyone and it's such a i feel it's such a mistake in so many ways and we don't do that as people like if somebody was doing that you you'd find them like crazy but we do seem to be doing that with businesses a lot absolutely i completely agree with that i tell this to a lot of my students <clears throat> who are starting out with in freelancing i tell them that imagine this to be high make your clients to your friends and just like in high school you don't have to be friends with everyone you don't have to be bffs with everyone everyone can know about you that's going to happen as you grow mm. but you just need to find the people you align with you love spending time with and do the same thing with you don't try to be mm. for everyone because then it leads to bad relationships bad management from your end but rather be with the people you really love spending time with working with who you would rather be happy to receive a email from rather than be like oh my god why is this person texting me right now <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely so that's we can definitely put as one of the mistakes that um brand owners let's say often often are guilty of can you tell me a little bit more about a few more like is there anything that you would say oh my god if i could get people to stop doing that that'll be like amazing one thing and this actually happened recently as coaching one of my and i'm not going to re- uh, release any names or anything about them mm. but what had happened was the student uh they really loved the cause they liked me they wanted to help particular cause and what they ended up doing is because when they found companies that were doing something for this set cause they decided that they would reduce their prices and they'll reach out to them to work with them so that they can get a chance and also so that they can be aligned with this cause and what mm. actually ended up happening is i feel like even if someone is doing something for a good cause they always uh, are not led by people who are good at heart and mm. what happens is the moment you reduce your value just and you let them know that you know i love this cause that's why i'm reducing my prices because i can work with you the moment you do that there's a good chance that you're going to take you for a run if you really mm. feel like helping for a cause doesn't mean you should reduce your value you're someone who's being extremely valuable and that's why you can actually help with this particular set cause or with any client and instead mm. of reducing your value you should rather go ahead and state the price you would actually state or a lot more 
have proper conversations instead of just directly throwing your price anchor at oh yeah this is what I charge or this is what I'm willing to do it for but rather have conversations mm. because one thing is the moment you feel like this is something I would like to be aligned with and then you reduce your prices they are reducing your value and then they're going to start mm. devaluing you as an individual as a service provider and they'll actually end up start comparing you with those who charge more and be like they're a lot more professionals we, do, we just want to take mm. a chance on you and stuff like that so one thing I would say is never reduce your price but rather stand by it and then let the conversations go and instead of reducing your price see what you can do instead of by reducing the delivery that you can still mm. have a value conversation a valuable relationship and you never let the you know the client and you know your service relationship go down because one thing is very important which is that no matter what happens all the clients in the world are going to pay you with money and mm. there are some weird ones who end up paying you with exposure please don't accept that as a form of payment i'm not promoting that <laughs> but everyone will end up paying you with money but on the opposite end, they're coming to you only because you're the only service provider in a few niche down people who can provide them with a unique service. It's you who is more valuable. Everyone is going to be mm. paid with, going to be paying you with money, but you're going to be giving each client a unique solution. So if you're mm. doing that, never let the conversation of money bring you down and rather value your time and every effort you'll be putting forward. Mm, definitely. I can totally agree with that. And actually on both levels, not just um, like if we're talking about your, your student, students who are um getting into the world of of freelancing and and consulting or whether it's developing or design but it it does also apply i i feel to to businesses where they they're trying to sell on price when and and that's like it's the easiest thing to do drop the price literally yeah. i mean like and but it gives exactly that message it gives that message of it it screams like i'm needy and I'm compromising yeah. and, and then it, it makes people even question like, why was like, if you can do it for less, why did you ask me more in the first place? So it kills yeah. your credibility immediately. It's definitely not something to do. So, I mean, I guess it could happen that if we're talking about a product or a service, especially that it was just badly priced to begin with. And that's yeah. then another story. And, but then <laughs> I think it, probably the best way out of it would be to just be honest and address that and say, we priced it badly. But not say, oh, okay, we're going to, you know, undersell now. Yeah. Um, it just gives, yeah, a really bad image. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So I, since I, I deal with uh, names and naming and, and domain names as part of that, as brand assets, I, I cannot avoid asking you that. Uh, talk to me about where do you see uh, the importance of a brand name and then the subsequently the domain name in a brand strategy so uh there's going to be a bit of a big one so firstly the way i see a brand is it's not just limited to a business a brand is one's personality and i don't mm. i have my own approach to brand and a brand is one's personality it's their purpose and the people we are it's the energy we bring to a room every time we go into mm. a meeting or interact with someone like hey hello or we can be completely down and be like hey not interested at all it's mm. the perception we craft and it's who we are at core is what everyone sees. Now, this can be for um, beings like us, which are tangible or intangible beings like businesses that are influenced by multiple people. But a brand mm -hmm. is who you are at core and branding is expressed. So now let that be for a business or for an individual. A name is truly important because so I, my name is Arka Soara and I live in India and I've been in India for the, most of my life. And actually, all of my life. I do travel a lot, but I've been born in India. I have a huge name. And I have a very unique name and it's actually an icebreaker because it's not just in India, but across the globe, people ask me, oh, that's a unique name. Oh, what mm. does Arkai mean? And 
it acts as an icebreaker. It acts as something that causes curiosity. Let that be with me meeting someone new, going on dates, or let that be meeting someone new when I'm, you know, networking or reaching out. Hearing something unique, hearing something that's easier to grasp, and hearing something that catches your attention always plays a huge. Now, obviously, uh, unlike my other services that I've done and named, my agency has a different name. But again, the approach to that is different. And I feel like, you know, Tatiana might be like, you know, you should name it something else and everything. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with everything, you need to have a good, clear strategy. And the name plays a huge because it's going to leave a mark. It's going to leave an impression. Like I can mm-hmm. tell you my business card because mostly I network with people across the globe while Zoom meeting. But whenever I meet someone, I introduce myself like I'm Arka Sora, And I know that I'm the only one in the world named this. My business card literally says, darling, I'm the only one in the world. Just look up my name. If you want to know more <laughs> about me, just look up my name. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yes. No, I, I, I like that. And I, I completely agree. And um, it's um, I, I actually even I have an article somewhere where it starts with that, like the care we put into naming a person. You know, we yeah. we and obviously we can't like choose our own names, but uh, you can change it if you're like really unhappy with it. But but yeah, when when parents choose the name of a, or even with our pets, you know, we, we're thinking, OK, what yeah. does do I want to communicate? What do, does it mean to me? What sort of a whole background story to it? And there's so much, yeah. so much that goes on. And and then with companies like people go like, oh, that will do. Or and it and it's even more complex actually when you think about it with a business because um it 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 has to appeal and tell a story to an audience that is not necessarily um matching you. You you may not be your your target market. And also, like we mentioned, we touched on some point. Um you actually opened up at the beginning, you were talking about your work with companies that are uh, open to growth, looking forward, be prepared yeah. to change and to adapt, which I think nowadays has to be everyone. I mean, you, you just can't, yeah. can't survive if you don't, but let's say, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so when you're naming a company, you have to think about, you know, what am I going to do in five years? What am I going to do in 10 years? How, you know, yeah. you, you have different trends, like do I want to be associated with those trends? Because in 10 years, when somebody looks at, you know, that name, they're going to be, oh, that comes from the Opify age of naming. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to think about all those things. So it's really, really something that, um, well, I tell people oftentimes it's not even about like asking me for advice. It's just take it seriously. Like there's so much you can learn yourself even online, but just, just don't say, ah, whatever, you know, it will do. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, if you mess up a name, it can go a very long way for you to fix that up. Especially, mm. you know, once it creates an impact and reputation, you may not think that it matters now that if you change it, but every time you make a decision for a business and you put it out there, it creates a huge impact. Mm. How do you, um, so yeah, you mentioned something about brand personality and it was on your website as well. And I, I want to touch on that a little bit, like for, for somebody who hasn't thought and hasn't, hasn't uh, is not familiar with the term, talk to me a little bit about that. Well, my, is, my approach to that, again, is different. I don't believe in brand archetypes because just like every individual out there, we are not limited to our tracks. We are similar to a lot, but we're not limited. We are a lot mm. more defined. So what I believe is that how would you love to, how would someone feel when they interact with you, when they engage with you? How would you like, what kind of perception do you want to craft? On? I have this worksheet where I call them the self-personality growth journey, where I literally ask people that. So ask people around you, how did they feel when they engage with you? 
and mm. whatever they tell you if you align with that that's great if you like what they're saying that's great if not ask them what's causing them to look at a particular behavior or a trait about you that's making them cause that Im- impression of you and mm. if you want to change your personality if you uh, mainly for businesses or anybody who wants to grow into something better i see introverts who are trying to be more extroverted i'm like you don't have to change or be someone else but rather figure out what about you makes other people think certain things and what about mm. someone else makes them think that oh this person is extroverted this person is very energetic like for mm. me i use a lot of exclamation points in my writing because i'm in it. i come uh, come to meetings with a bright energy i'm always happy i welcome people i make them feel heard and that makes them feel that you know i'm someone who is really energetic and welcome so mm. what the behavior i'm doing causes a particular reaction so just reverse engineer that but for businesses whenever they're partners or it's beyond just one person i literally ask them what is the legacy that you would like to leave behind how do you want your uh, someone calling or running into you as an individual if your business was an individual how do you want that conversation to be how do you want them to feel what tone do you have most of the time businesses that are just run with one person it's just you know another extension of them but sometimes it's a collaboration mm. between a couple of people but even then once you can find the main personality and purpose then it's easier to express that through your ads that that be you having a very sarcastic and chaotic ad because that's your personality or your messaging being very bold and forward because that is your personality but once you can figure out how it needs it's easier to express how it should mm. and on that like once you figure out what what that brand should be um and and you work on the strategy on how to express that how do you keep all that consistent across all different channels and even down to um, i've had chats re- chats recently uh, with um, some of my guests and it kind of made me realize that um and also from personal experience that it's really important nowadays people don't just look at you know that's what the brand is called and that's our label and that's how it looks and here it is and you know yeah. package now that's it they look at everything like even down to your employees if you have a physical shop like the first and the last employee that comes and goes out of that place is being also judged and judged as representation of that brand so it's yeah. really really like huge job how to keep that consistent absolutely i think what most businesses fail to do is uh, they don't follow the roadmap they most strategists don't end up giving them a roadmap and even mm. if they have a roadmap they follow it on their external but they never do it on the internal a brand mm. needs to be stronger on its roots and in its trunk before you go about spreading your branches with them. and it's when when it comes to us as an ab provide them proper roadmaps that are extremely detailed and also extremely simple so that even if a 5 year old kid decides to take over the company or joins the company knows exactly how things need to mm. be but a roadmap needs to be very clear it needs to talk about why something is instead of just giving a trade explaining what this trade means explaining what the and then within the company you always need to look for people who align with your why because i work with this amazing company called team code design which is in india right now and their company work culture is so amazing mainly because of the relationship they have with the founder and how mm. they treat each other as friends and the loyalty they have when they have that that is being expressed on all mediums of the company so mm. to be able to do so you need to have clarity and you need to pick the right people you vibe with because if mm. you're the ceo or even if you hire a ceo the ceo needs to be right for the company they need to align with the vibe and and when that mm. is right then everybody who collaborates whoever you hire they end up coming with similar but different ideas there will be a lot of different ideas but the vibe and communication for that will be a lot more easier and that way everything is in alignment because once your stem and your trunk and everything is properly aligned with the brand it's easy to mm. express that with customer relationships 
with your messaging, with your ads, picking the right people to represent on your ads and everything else like that. Like I think mm. Ryan Reynolds is one of the best examples for this because his people mm. know him for everything. You see him on ads, you see him yeah, on messages, you see his face and he makes a weird face and you know that yeah, that is him. So mm. it's about being consistent and doing it a lot more on the right level. So that even if you stay in styles and because Ryan Reynolds changes dresses, does everything, but it's his voice that you can hear mm. when something messed up is going to happen. Yeah, that's mm. it. So that is one mm. thing. And just making sure that the people you collaborate with are like mine. And they need to align with the brand way before your audience and your branding is aligned. Mm, absolutely. I think that I very much agree with that. And um, it, it, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know who said that, but I very much relate to that because I have a really bad memory. Um, and um, that was that was something somebody smart said it was it was something about like how do you do this and how do you do that and how do you and, and it was a, a thing of like when you're authentic when you're not lying it it helps you because you don't have to remember that much stuff you know yeah like when yes. when you when you're building up all of those things and that uh, that can apply to people but definitely also to brands when when you're building those you know house of cards so that's that's who we are but you're actually not it's so hard to keep it together all the time everywhere um and it's yeah that's extra weight and stress and and when as you just said if you imagine a brand that is really well aligned from the inside out it makes it so much easier to yeah to, to just be and then obviously if you're authentic to and you've chosen the right people then it, it, yeah. it can only be consistent definitely i love those quotes um what else one more question because yeah we, we're kind of running out of time soon but how has like i mean artificial intelligence has intelligence has been around for some time but like lately uh, yes. with all the yeah it, it's just been you know everybody's like oh my god oh my god i'm gonna be out of job um and also the positive side you know so many exciting things that you can see happening and that that can help in so many different ways like what's your take on that and how do you feel um it will affect your field of work absolutely i'm so glad that you asked this question because i actually speak about collaborative intelligence a lot i gave a talk on this and there's a course from me coming on this on a mindset thing because the mm. way I look at AI, you can either look at it as the biggest threat or the best. The only mm. time AI is going to replace you is when you choose not to embrace it and you fight it. Because the AI is not here to fight you. It's just going to learn and do better. Mm. You should always learn from people around you, collaborate with them and then grow. But the moment you keep fighting it, it's not going to help you grow. It's going to be better than one person. And you're going to be trying to be better than the other person. It's just going to be trying to grow by one step at a time. But rather, mm. when you're open to collaboration, you all grow together. And it's the same with AI. I don't think AI will replace jobs, but rather it will train much more better and stronger people. Because we as an agency are one of the early adopters that runs completely on AI for most of it. So, but that doesn't mean we are replacing. We had clients where when they come to us, like Midjourney, Midjourney is an amazing AI out there. When clients come to us and we are collaborating and conversing, Within the discovery meeting itself, I'm listening to them and on my phone, I'm just typing out exactly what they're saying and I'm describing it. And by the time they're done and the render is done, I'm like, so do you think this aligns with you? Do you think this aligns with you? And we can have this conversation. AI mm. is more of a bridge that's going to help you collaborate and communicate more easily. And it's going to help mm. you innovate as well because it's going to give you ideas you may not have visualized and it'll help you mm. see things from a different point. It saves cost of production. It increases production value. 
and it's more in terms of profit but more than anything else it's a bridge to help you communicate and understand something that's going to help you inspire and when you're an expert what i believe is because even when i used midjourney the first time whatever i created sucked because i didn't know how to <laughs> i i just typed in stuff and i didn't know how to use it i and there's still so many people who are better than me at it but two things play a huge role when it comes to embracing it's kind of like blockbuster versus netflix everything internet versus the computers and all that stuff the industrial revolution two things play a huge role when it comes to growing the clarity within and the ability to adapt the more mm-hmm. clear you are about your source so let's say you're a designer the more understanding you have of design not just with textbook understanding but how design works how to express and so as a brand strategist that specializes in personality i know what i need to kind the easier it is for me to understand that and the more detailed understanding of i have of that the easier it is for me to express that and when i'm open to learning tools and understanding how a tool works how i can tweak around with it instead of learning a particular style i'm learning how to mend it and rather than just creating basic thing i can mm. add my expertise to it and create much more better mm. i've already done close to 15 projects using ai and ai has helped us a lot it's going to help us increase productivity going forward further we have subscribed to ais and we still work with people it's just that we mm. work with those who have good understanding and which is what people look for at any given mm. point if you want to be someone who's great you need to be open to learning things but you also need to have a good understanding of things. so instead mm. of trying to be afraid because it will replace you but only if you're not open to changing only if you're not open mm. to embracing because with ai you can do a lot more you can create a lot more and you can help communicate not just with clients but with your teams and save a lot of time mm, definitely yeah i can i can completely agree with that and and even like on our team we've seen that where um at the beginning everybody was like oh my god i'm out of a job you know i'm a writer <laughs> content creator <laughs> and and then it very quickly turned into oh my god like the quantity of work i can produce so much quicker it's uh, it's amazing and it comes to exactly what you said just learning how to um how to use those tools and yes. it, it doesn't yeah i mean sure like um, ai can write a piece of text that that you know is decent Yeah. but if you really look for like quality content the the human touch to to use it to guide it to to you know touch up things is is uh, is still there so it's more about yeah the people that will embrace that and be better at that than others absolutely i would like to add something to it if you have the time because sure. when we it's even with like i'm guessing you're referring to copy ai or tools like that and we mm. noticed this because we wanted to experiment with it and if you make grammatical mistakes and if you describe it very well while making grammatical mistakes it's not going to be able to catch that and so mm. we had to use other th- we use grammarly to fix those things so just like how ais can collaborate with each other you can collaborate with them and mm. i've seen cause you can write one line and then i wrote something from my perspective with my way of speaking with my pointers and then i kept that in the ai copy ai and it came up with a much more detailed version sounding just like me to 80% mm. So the the better your prompts, the more detailed it is. The way you express mm. it, tonality and everything else, the more it learns. But you can still improve on it. It still gives you an inspiration to an approach, mm. and then you can write thousand more words from a three four lines that it generates for you mm. because of the inspiration it creates. And it's learning from everybody. Like, let's say you try to outdo an AI, it's not going to be like, oh my god, Arkay outdid me. I'm going to do one better than. This is going to be like, mm. oh, that's a nice <laughs> way. Let me learn that. It's going to mm. keep learning from everyone, and that's why it's growing. AI is learned mm. with each other they are programmed to do that and instead of fighting there is going to be learning but they always going to be their better version not going to be mm. better than arkaya better than tatiana better than anyone else but their better version 
And you need to have mm, that mindset. Absolutely. Learn from everyone, see what they're doing, and then grow on your own. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's a bit of a, I was looking for an analogy of uh, people like panicking about, or also, like you said, thinking, yeah, but that's not me who wrote it. It's like, well, kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a collaboration, but it is you with that machine. And it's, you know, I could have done some research that to that, you know, piece of software, it took it like a few seconds. It would take me hours, maybe days even, but it, it, it's still me doing the work. It's like saying, oh, okay, that's not, you know, that doesn't count as a good job because I didn't go to the library and pull out all those books and, you know, open them and read them like in the old days. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's the extension of that. Absolutely. It's the innovation because it's just helping you innovate further. And you might think that it's just one way, but no, it's a two way. You inspire mm. the AI to create things by your clarity. And then it picks up on that and it inspires you back. It doesn't give you a final solution, but rather it mm. gives a different approach. Now you can obviously accept one of the best solutions it creates, but it still inspires something in you to consider them over everything else. And that leads to you thinking about it from a different point of view and it creates a more impact. And so instead of thinking that you didn't create it, you did. You just collaborated with others. It's the same thing as how people had views on art and digital art. And then, mm. you know, how printing, like, oh my God, I hand wrote this thousand times and you just mm. typed it once and you print a thousand copies. Yeah, but the value in it, the message, the words, the empathy and sympathies that you have, they are still yours. And you're just expressing mm. that. So it's still you. Every intent is yours and just helping you do it better. Mm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I don't know, for some reason, as you said, writing and typing, I had that flashback memory of my granddad. He wrote his autobiography, like on a typewriter. Yeah. And he, he did like with a copy paper, he had two or three versions and it took like super long time to type it. And those are the only versions that exist. And I'm thinking, oh my God, the, 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 you know, the, the effort and the, the value of what we have now where you can, you know, type it once much quicker and then save it and you have a gazillion copies. It's, it's crazy. And, and that happened, you know, relatively quickly. I Very feel like cool. we should never lose value of the effort mm. because of the tools that are coming into play because, I'm pretty sure every word your grandfather wrote was very important, very emotionally mm. inclined. And it has value. And just like with anybody out there, whatever you create, it brings value because you had an intent. You had a reason for a particular approach. And it has value. Doesn't mean what tool you use to execute on it. Mm. It has value and you did something. And that's where that's what truly matters. Because your clients or whoever you provide a service to, they're not going to ask you, oh, did you make this using an AI? They're just going to love it if you can create something that helps them. And we have, ha we have seen clients who are replacing creators. They're like, oh, we can hire, we can do mid-journey and we can still do it. And we encourage them there. Yeah, sure, go forward with it. But the expertise I bring to the table to mid-journey and stuff like that mm. is going to be different. And that's what you really need. Because you can mm. do mid-journey. I'm pretty sure you must have already tried it. But there's a reason if you're still approaching it. It's just mm, that. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's that's been an absolute pleasure. Last thing very quickly, where can people reach you? So I am reachable on Twitter now, uh, which is always underscore Arkai, or on LinkedIn, which is Arkai Soara. Or if you want to really build a good relationship with me, you can always reach out to me in my own personal community called community.ikilis.com. I'll be sure to provide Tatiana with all my links and URLs so that you can reach yeah. out to me. But whenever yeah. you are, wherever you are, Please feel free to reach out. If you want to connect with me, I'm always happy to connect with people. I try to connect with one new person a day, every day. And it's been a real pleasure being here with you on this podcast, Tatiana, to be inspired to say something and just, you know, get those gears turning and think of more approaches to things. And Wonderful. Thank you. It's been a pleasure for me too.
Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.